Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I am Pete Callender. This is the Pete Callender Show. The email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show, and Callender is spelled with a K and then an A L I N E R. Um, and online on the social media at the Twitter machine is at Pete Callender. I try to keep it very easy. It's all the same, you know, show name, email, website, just all of it just streamlined for your convenience. After all, I am a giver. All righty. So, uh, Charlotte City Council member Braxton Winston. Not satisfied, I guess, after securing that big fat $50,000 plus year salary at city council, um, you know, then muscled out Dimple Ajmer to be the mayor pro tem, even though he wasn't rightfully uh, the top votainer, not vote getter, votainer is the word, the votainer, um, and then relieved himself of any committee assignments so he could free himself up to run statewide, I guess. Right. He's got his sights set now on... Um, the labor commissioner, statewide elected position, commissioner of labor, would be one of the 10 council of state positions. And um, no, I, I mean, I kid, I like, yes, having solved all of Charlotte's problems, Braxton is now going to uh, to serve us, of course, you know, to serve the public. It has nothing to do with his own ambition. It's got nothing to do with his inability to make a good career as a videographer or key grip or whatever it is that he is for the local art scene and theater scene, which he apparently can't, but whatever, like he's, yeah, he's a union member, although he calls himself leadership. I'm not really sure. He just says he's a union member. I don't know if he's leadership or not. Uh, I've not seen any evidence to that effect, but uh, he definitely wants to be the labor commissioner uh, because, you know, his work has totally prepared him for that. Having solved all of the problems of the city of Charlotte, he can now move on to a statewide level and solve all of those problems. I mean, at least under the direction or the purview and jurisdiction of the labor commissioner. He put out a video on his campaign website and sent out an email to supporters. He was on with Bo and Beth uh, yesterday and uh, I did catch a little bit of that interview with him where he said something to the effect of, um, well, uh, you know, I realize that the problems that we have here are much larger and, and you really need to be at a higher level in order to get at some of these issues. And rather than, I guess, run for a legislative seat, because I'm not sure he's aware of this, but in North Carolina, the legislature is the most powerful body. If you want to get stuff done, that's where you go. If you want prestige and um, and a paycheck, a big paycheck, then you go for one of the Council of State races. Absolutely. Uh, particularly the one to get your picture in the elevators. Right? Absolutely. That is definitely where you would go. Can't you just wait to see his smile and face in every single elevator when you get Yeah. The core responsibilities of the Department of Labor are to ensure the health and safety of workers in the workplace, he says, and that has to be the number one priority. According to the latest available data, 179 people 
in North Carolina workplaces died in 2021. That's according to Braxton Winston in an interview to the uh, Charlotte Observer. Quote, we need to do everything we can to eliminate that. Well, I don't know if we need to do everything we can to eliminate that. I mean, see, this is this is this safetyism mindset, right? This catastrophizing that has infected people. It, it, it is really pervasive. COVID really brought it out in a lot of people that maybe they were masking it well, or maybe they weren't even afflicted with it, but it really has bubbled to the surface. People whose wives are focused all around the risks that are really, really remote, yet are blown up in their own minds as like really, really lethal and impending doom to them. This safetyism. And so, you know, this is the, if it saves one life, like that's not the standard. There are costs and benefits to be weighed. For example, I'm not, look, I'm not saying, yay, 179 people lost their lives on the job. That's awful, right? Every life is precious. Every life has value. As a Christian, I believe that. Every life has value. So 179 people who died in workplaces in 2021, every single one of them are tragedies. And yes, we should work to minimize that. But he says we need to do everything we can to eliminate that. And I would submit, no, we do not. That that is, that is an infantilizing position to take. Right? You're treating people like they are children. And I'm not sure he's aware he's doing it. I know this has become sort of the common vernacular among a lot of uh, the left. By the way, I well, I, I don't know whether I should touch this third rail or not. Can you have multiple third rails? Because I've heard a lot of things being the third rail in politics. I think there's a couple of them. All right. Well, one of them, I, I saw the other day a, uh, a video clip from Jordan Peterson, psychologist, or sorry, psych, clinical psychiatrist. Um, and uh, he's with the Daily Wire now. He's a Canadian professor guy. And, um, I, and I've seen a lot of his interviews, and I actually started watching his, uh, his lectures when he was still a professor in college. And that's, he started posting them online. And then some of his comments got him in some trouble with the Canadians who hate free speech and were demanding that he follow like the pronoun laws and all of that. Anyway, he talked about one, uh, some of the issues that, and he has kind of touched on this stuff in the past, which is women in the workplace. And he's not opposed to women in the workplace, but you know, feminists accuse him of being that leftists accuse him of being opposed to women in the workplace, which is just absurd. But he, he talks about how, you know, it's a fairly new phenomenon as far as um, like a corporate environment goes, right? And not that it's bad or good, but there are things that have to be deciphered, right? There are things that have to be figured out because, you know, you know uh, from a historical perspective, these are all kind of new things in our society that we are trying out. And we have to be able to honestly assess pros and cons. And one of the things he talked about was particularly in the workplace of politics, we all know, about the psychopathies that are exhibited by men in politics, right? This is where the whole thing about, you know, uh, the male patriarchy comes from, right? Hello, Handmaid's Tale. All of that is the recognition that men in positions of power begin to behave in certain ways, right? That there are these psychopathies. And what he points out is that we don't talk about the psychopathies that might exist among female politicians, 
Are we to believe that they don't exhibit any? Surely that's not the case, unless you're saying that, well, can I say female politicians? I mean, I would hate, I would hate to start lumping people into different groups based on, all right, based on gender or sex. Uh, but, but women do exhibit different types of personalities in those positions. And one of them is this infantilization. Mandy Cohen. Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Right? This talking to the entire school board, the entire Charlotte Mecklenburg school board. Right? They're all females, and they talk to you. They talk to me as a member of the audience, a member of the public. As I watch them, they talk to me like I'm a four-year-old. And it is annoying, to say the least. It's annoying when you treat me like I'm not an adult. But that's the way they treat people. I'm not saying it's malicious. I'm not saying that they're terrible people for doing it, but that is one of the it's one of the sort of the personality characteristics that politicians of a female persuasion uh, they tend to exhibit. It, the, men t- can as well, right? Men will do it as well, but they also but men tend to exhibit these other types of characteristics. Anyway, I just put that out there because this concept that that. Winston is advancing that we need to do everything we can to eliminate every single death in every single workplace is absurd because to do that would be basically to end work. That's the only way that you can guarantee nobody ever dies in an accident. It's right there in the word accident. It's not it's not intentional. It was an accident. Something wrong happened. Something bad happened. Yes, you have to find out. What went wrong? How did the accident occur? And if somebody does that thing in the future, maybe guard against that with rules, regulations, whatever you want to do on that front. But you can never get you never get to zero. You can never eliminate him. And if you're saying if your pitch is elect me because I will make sure that we do everything we can to eliminate all workplace deaths. That would be the elimination of workplaces. That is the only way you could do that. And that is tyranny, my friend. And then he also says we need to ensure worker rights to fair wages. Dude, you don't set the minimum wage in North Carolina. You don't get to set that. And the fact that you are telling me that this is what you are going to focus on in your campaign and if you are elected, your tenure in the office, tells me you don't know what the job is. And it tells me you should not get that job because I suspect you are just using it as a stepping stone for higher office and a bigger paycheck after... After you went and got more pay for yourself as a city council member. Because, oh, we're not paid enough. This is a part-time job. And we, not, we do so much work. And then as soon as you get reelected and miss out on your mayor pro tem slot, then what happens? Oh, I'm not going to do any kind of committee work here. I'm going to be building consensus. This is what, remember, he said he couldn't do committee work as a city council member. He couldn't sit on committees. Why? Because he had to be working towards building consensus. And now he's going to run for a statewide office. You better not engage in any kind of partisan activity when you're running for that office, sir. Because that might, that might not be so consensus-y. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Braxton Winston, Charlotte City Councilman running for Commissioner of Labor of North Carolina. During his six years on council, Winston says that he has worked to make Charlotte a, quote, more equitable... A more equitable, accessible, and interconnected city. And having fixed all of those issues, he is now wanting to lead us as the Commissioner of Labor. He is a 2007 Davidson College graduate. He was first elected to his at-large council seat in 2017 after coming to prominence during protests over the police killing of Keith Lamont Scott in Charlotte. Remember that? Keith Lamont Scott? who pointed a gun at police officers, was shot and killed, but because Keith Lamont Scott was black and the officer that shot him was black, but there was a white officer there too, so therefore racism, and that's what motivated Braxton Winston to go out into the streets for the justice. As commissioner, Winston told the Observer that he would combine his municipal leadership... (coughs) Oh, sorry. I'll start that again. It's not professional. I apologize. As commissioner, Winston told the Observer he would combine his municipal leadership. <coughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. It's like I can't even say the word. That's so weird. I'm just going to skip past that word. I mean, the word in and of itself is leadership. Apparently, when I try to tack it on to that municipal word with Winston, it just does. It's just making me gag or something. Anyway, um, he's been there for 12 years. And he says he and more. Oh, sorry. No, since. Yeah, since he was in the city council, and he says he has more than 12 years of experience as a labor leader to build community coalitions. Like, this guy just says this stuff. He's, oh, I'm the mayor pro tem, and I can't be on the uh, any of these council committees because I'm going to be building consensus. And everybody's like, oh, okay, Winston, that's great. We love you, Braxton. Like, really? You just say I'm going to build consensus? No, you, you obviously did not want to be burdened with the duties, with the job, and so you could run for a statewide office. That's been the play. Hasn't he run for something else already? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I've gotten him confused with somebody else. He is a member of the International Alliance of Theatrical and Stage... Oh, well, that explains it. He's he's a member of the Theatrical Union. That explains all of the performances that we keep seeing from him. Okay. He has, uh, he's learned through his time on council to focus on common ground rather than differences and has received support from such titans of U.S. commerce as Hugh McCall. Okay. I don't, I don't know how much that gets you nowadays, but okay. Let me go over and talk to Butch. Hello, Butch. Welcome to the program. How are you? Pete, I'm doing great. I love your show. Thanks, sir. I like your no BS approach. <laughs> I've got a 
I got just a couple of questions, like about Braxton Winston. Okay. Um, when we're talking about him and all his great accomplishments, is you know going to become Secretary of Labor now? What about his accomplishments of sneaking out of the uh, Justice Department when the police were trying to serve him with divorce papers? Oh yeah, yeah. When well, he yeah he uh, he fled out the back door of the government yeah, center he left after a uh... parked there all night. And he slid out like a snake at night. Well, look, that is just that really shows... the kind of people we want up there. And another thing I think of. It's had that guy at Burger King shot those people during the week they were hunting Braxton Winston. He probably wouldn't have showed up over there and caused trouble for the police department. Oh, yeah, well, we don't ever talk about those things. No, no, no. Well, that because that's Democrat privilege. Well, that's Democrat. That's why privilege. I'm not a Democrat. Well, that's yeah, well. I, well, I, I mean, have I, one more question that yeah. you you are probably just a person for. Okay, we got airport police. We mm-hmm. got campus police. We got. Subdivision police. Why don't we have a constitutional police? That when politicians are breaking their oath of protecting and supporting the Constitution, why is it not a department or somebody that steps up and goes, wait a minute, that's unconstitutional. But these people get to do stuff that is not constitutional all the time, and nobody checks them on it. Well, yeah, maybe uh, we could create, I don't know, some sort of a, like a separate branch of the government. We could have a bunch of people wear like a certain kind of clothes. Like, a, oh, how about like a black robe? Well, and then they would be determined. I'm just some, some, well, well, those people are not even there. Now there's all kinds of problems with the Supreme Court. Right. Well, see, here's the problem, though, Butch, is that you could create some new, you know, entity that's supposed and to police this stuff. Corruption. Right. It, because the, the, the mechanisms are there. We're just not, we, we just don't enforce them. It's the same well, thing with the, laws. How do we do that, Pete? That's the question. How do we do that? How does somebody step up when somebody's clearly breaking the Constitution as a governor, uh, creating all these lockdowns and destroying businesses yeah. and lives and livelihoods? How does somebody step up and, and protect that? So I would I submit mean, I the way... I don't understand. I would submit the way you do that is the way we have seen the attempts to do it. I mean, it takes a long time, but that's what government is supposed to do is take long time because you don't want it moving too quickly. But the it's the it is the judicial system. That's what that branch is for. But you got to be willing to use the levers of the government. Part of and I've I've talked about this too in the past, and that part of the problem in the fight between limited government people and big government people is that the people who are the limited government folks, once they win control, they usually don't show much of an interest in using the levers of power to dial stuff back because they see it as, oh, I don't want to be using the levers of government, right? Because that, that's it's sort of antithetical to their philosophy. However, yeah, but now there's this, this uh, I would say there's this awakening, this this uh, realization that if you don't wield the, the, the levers and powers of government in order to, to tamp down these expansions, then you never win. You, you, there's no way to win. You've got to roll this stuff back. And it means, like, that's why I, I celebrate, like, let's have more impeachments. More impeachments. Let's start impeaching every president that comes into office just to be safe, you know? More of it. Can I make one more statement, Pete? Sure. I, yeah, I, okay, I'll, sure. I'll get off. Yeah, yeah. I just want to let everybody know that if we don't step up and start protecting this country and the things that, that we stand for and the things that we, we love and that we enjoy, we're going to all be wearing tan suits and uh, waving at a, a red flag before long. Well, probably so we got to wake up and get this get this house in order, or we're going to be in trouble. We got trouble on every front. Oh, there is trouble. Yeah, there is trouble but right here. Have a River City. Next year to wake up and maybe fix it. Yeah, but I appreciate the third party candidate. I don't care. 
But yeah, I'm not I'd... a Trumpist. I'm not, but I know that when he was in there, we didn't have a lot of this BS that's going on in the world yes, we... that we have now. No, we did. We sure did. It's this has been built. This has been built. I've said it before. Trump. Trump was not the uh, the cause. He was a symptom, and, and and that is across the entire society. Things were not perfect when he was in there. We did have this stuff brewing. We've been talking about like this wokeism stuff for years, right? It started with the cry closets in colleges and stuff. We were talking about uh, these these college kids that were so uh, fragile they couldn't they couldn't cope with anything. That was the sort of that was the front end of it. That was that was you know fifteen twenty years ago. This has been building for a very very long time. But I I do appreciate the call. Uh, but I do think that there is reason to celebrate successes. I mean, just this week alone, for example, look at what's happening in the North Carolina legislature. You've got bills that are being run through now, right? There's another one that uh, I've got it right here. It's um, it's going to prevent the uh, the body modification in uh, and surgeries in underage uh, patients that want you know transgender operations and such and puberty blockers for underage kids. Ban it. This is now starting to happen. This is the pushback, right? I think that this is a positive development. This these are the things that people are pushing back. And I think a lot of it got prompted with the overreach of the lockdowns, right? The pendulum swings the other direction. There were a lot of people that seized upon the opportunity, pounced, if you will, on the opportunity to expand their powers. And we got a real good look at all the people who have these tyrannical tendencies, who are authoritarian adjacent, if you will. We got a real good look. And I will say that, Donald Trump was not one of them, right? Donald Trump, to his credit, he said, let the states decide how they're going to approach it. Now, he turned around and bashed governors for opening up, like Ron DeSantis, right? He did do that. But he he did, to his credit, he left it to the states, as he should have, right? Whereas the natural tendency for most people in power would be to do what? To just start taking more power. Take that power, use it, quote, for the good. And that's what I suspect Braxton Winston is interested in doing, using power in order to advance, quote, the good. Because, you know, people choosing to live freely on their own sometimes is a little bit messy. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, let's hear from Taylor. Welcome to the show. Taylor, how are you, man? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, you know. It's all right. I was informed that you were a longtime listener from uh, from the Asheville area, so I know exactly who you are. Uh, hope right. you and the family are well. We're doing okay. You know, when you left, the big void. Yeah, I know it. There's not a lot of uh, there weren't a lot of people, you know, pitching ideas like the catapult. And I uh, know it's yeah. just me and Mark now. Yeah, exactly. So. But I know, but you got you guys will be fine. You're, you'll be fine together. You got each other. So will we? Probably not. But it's okay. It's all right. We had good times. All right. What's going on? 
So I really don't have anything great to say. I just kind of was oh. listening to you. I love to hear that at the beginning of a phone call. That's like that's a great way to start a phone call. Yeah, I don't well, have anything great to say. I, but you know, I got to listen live this time, and yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm going to call in for old times' sake. Good job. But um, <laughs> the guy before he had an idea for a constitutional police force, right? Yes. Well, we should do that. They could wear like the uh, powdered wigs, mm-hmm. and then um, sashes. You know, when somebody's violating the Constitution, they just sort of jump in like Judge Dredd. Can they wear sashes? Yes. All right. Good. But they do the whole thing right then. They're like, "You violated Article One, Section So and So," and then you're like, "I didn't mean to." That, and then you, and then they say, "I am the law." Right. And then they, you know, they do all the judge dread things. Okay, so I don't watch any of those movies. So what did what what happens then? Oh, you know. No, I don't. What happens? Oh, does he kill them? Kind of, he kills them. Oh. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm interested. No, I'm kidding. No, but I do like this idea of the powdered wig police. I do like that. And they, I think they would have. I think they should like walk around and speak like Bart Giamatti or no Paul Giamatti. Which one was the baseball guy and which one's the actor? I have no idea. I've never heard of any one of those people. Paul is the actor. Paul Giamatti played John Adams in the HBO miniseries. So you should yeah. have to walk around and speak like Paul Giamatti in that. In that miniseries, you should have to speak. The question is, yeah, like old colonial Williamsburg character. Yeah, do they have to ride horses? I think so. Do they yeah. administer justice with like a black powder? You know, like a flintlock pistol. Yeah, they. I. I, I would think so. Maybe uh, whips and such. Oh no, the stockade. There we go. Bring back the stockade. So this way, it's not quite as you know lethal as the Judge Dread option that you've pitched, um, and it is more historically in tune. Uh, I'm thinking, look, this would also be like a full employment uh, thing for all those uh, uh, what do they call like those uh, living uh, uh, historical living actors or whatever they call yeah like, yeah yeah living history actors right there you go yeah I mean because you know there are only a limited number of roles that they can actually fill, and I'm sure there They've are a lot of people. Yeah, they got costumes. We could just have them, you know, just empower them with some constitutional knowledge and and some wigs and sashes and a couple horses, if we must, and uh, some stockades. And we put one in the center of town and you get busted for, you know, some constitutional violation. We throw you in the stockade. There you go. Yeah. So do we still have the cone of creativity? We are in it, man. We are in it. We are inside the, the cone of creativity and there are no bad ideas. There you go. There you go. Taylor, it's good to hear from you, buddy. All right, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, take it easy. Yeah, that's good times, man. Oh, man, we we used to have, we used to do this like once a day, minimum. I was working up in Asheville. We would come up with these types of solutions. That's how we came up with the branding of the program, that we're all about solutions, that we solve the world's problems every day for three hours. I mean, because you can't do it more than three hours. That's just showing off after that, if you, you know, all day long solving all the problems. But we just solve them for three hours a day. So this was one. We've, we've done it. Constitutional police. Constitutional CSI. Dun, dun. Something like that. No bad ideas under the cone of creativity. Uh, let me get to the, uh, oh, I forgot it. Yeah, so a couple of emails here. Uncle Ben's rice. Yeah, Uncle Ben got canceled too. Right. Well, I mean, that is the best way to ensure equity is to erase all of these famous characters from all of the products in society. 
So they are memory hold. Um, Jay says, Bud Light at Costco. It is being reported that Bud Light is being sold at Costco for $14.97 for a 36-pack. I am boycotting all NBEV brands. And that hurts me because I do like Stella. Stella! Lama, says Jay. Um, Bill has some questions on drag shows. Well, I'm glad you sought me out. I am a bit of an expert. <laughs> Having attended zero. Entertainers in Native American dress are accused of cultural appropriation. Same for entertainers who dress or imitate linguistic accents of selected other protected ethnic groups. But not all of us, obviously. Right. So that is one of the things. Um, like you cannot affect the dialect or accent of, uh, I, I believe, Asians. I think they're off limits. Uh, I believe uh, Middle Easterners, Asians. Uh, I said Asians already. Um, Middle Easterners. Uh, I think maybe uh Probably African Americans. Anyway, there's the yeah, so that definitely there are Hispanics. Probably there are ethnic populations you're not allowed to mimic their dialects. That does not apply to uh, Appalachians. You are totally free to make fun of the Southern accent. That's the rule. I, I I think I saw it written down someplace. It's yeah, Southern um, Southerners. The the Southern accent is the only accent that is allowed to be mocked. Okay, well, that's not true. You could also mock the Yankee accent, but not like a Yankee African-American accent, but a Yankee, like Italian accent, I think is okay. And like a Brooklyn Bronx accent, like Fauci, like I did the other day. I was well within my boundaries on that one. Um, Entertainers in minstrel shows dressed in blackface were additionally accused of racial disrespect and outright ethnic insult. Um, Yeah, but mime is no problem. Whiteface, no, no problem there. How is it that drag shows are not considered an outright appropriation of the cultural feminine and an outright ridicule of female physical characteristics and sexuality by these over-the-top theatrical portrayals of pseudo-sexual actions and features by what amounts to sexually contradictory buskers? Just asking. Uh, Well, all right, Bill, the simple answer is shut up, you transphobe. You're welcome. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. All right, uh, news is next.